Good morning, Spring Branch. How are we today? All right. Let's give it up again for Troy and Jessica leading us in that song. Beautiful, beautiful. Nothing like a little Christmas music to get us in the mood. How many of you just cannot wait until Christmas Day? It's like your holiday. See some kids in the house. That's awesome. What do you love about Christmas? Real quick, I'm just curious. What what do you love about Christmas? Jesus. Man, I I did not pay you to to say that. That That's good. (laughs) Cookies. Yes, good answer, young lady. Presents. Presents. Yeah. Music. Music. Eggnog. Trees. Food. Family. Yes, absolutely. What's that? Lights. Christmas lights. Absolutely. It's going to be an awesome, awesome time at Christmas this year. My first Christmas at Spring Branch. Our kids are real excited to experience Toys for Tots this weekend. You know, one of the things about Christmas is it's full of surprises, isn't it? Full of surprises, whether it's experiences or uh, people or presents. It's full of surprises. One of my fondest memories of Christmas time uh, took place a few years ago when I was trying to win the heart of my wife, Lindsay. Now we've been married for 15 years. And uh, I found myself, in all places, Huntington, West Virginia for Christmas. I know, right? Huntington, West Virginia. No offense to those of you who have West Virginia roots. Uh, But uh, I was there. My sister married into a family from West Virginia, and I'm there hanging out with uh, my family and and, uh, uh, some some loved ones, and it's great. Until I get to the point where I just cannot keep my mind off this girl named Lindsay. Uh, I, I told my dad, I said, Dad, I need your keys. I need to, to drive up to Wisconsin to quote Goodwill Hunting. I had to see about a girl, right? And so uh, reluctantly, he handed me the keys. To this day, I'm like, man, Dad, you did that? Um, but he said, just for a fair, fair warning, it's uh, Wisconsin, and it's 546 miles away, and there's ice, and there's snow, um, and just, just fair warning, right? There, there's risk out there, there's danger. And I said, I don't care, I respect you, I honor you, but I gotta see about a girl. So there I am driving up to the frozen tundra, the Cheesehead State, Wismini, Wisconsin, soda. Uh, and I'm up there, finally I'm up there, and I give Lindsay a call from her driveway. Yeah, that's right, kinda creepy. Uh, give her a call and I say, wouldn't it be awesome if I was standing outside your door, wouldn't it be awesome? She's like, stop playing games with my heart. Oh, quit playing games with my heart. And I said, open up your door. And there I was, smiling from ear to ear. And there she was, and bewildered and confused, but also excited. And her mom comes to the door. Her mom doesn't know what to think. Um, and there we are in Wisconsin together. And, I, you know, I did a lot of stupid things to try to win Lindsay's heart. Um, a, lot, a lot of things, I, I just made a fool out of myself. But that was the one thing that was the least stupid, right? <laughs> and it actually turned out to be the moment where Lindsay's mom realized, okay, this guy, he, he really does have something for my daughter, and, you know, maybe I can trust him. Um, you know, we're not always excited about what we see at our doorstep, right? We're not always excited to open up our door and see what's standing at our Dorset. You see, life is full of surprises. Life is full of curveballs. And if we're being honest right here, right now in this room, we're not always appreciative, welcoming towards what shows up on our doorstep. Some of us have lost jobs in this last year. Some of us uh, 
heard the news that our company was downsizing and they're laying off some people. Uh, some of us thought we could afford something and then uh, we couldn't um, because our finances were in crisis. Some of us thought a relationship was going to look a certain way, but then somebody walked away or somebody didn't fulfill their promise, and then here we are, alone. Uh, some, of us, uh, um, some of us have health issues going on. Some of us have loved ones who've, who've experienced um, some, some health uh, issues. And we, we come to a place in life where we're just surprised, surprised by, uh, surprised by these interruptions. We have these hopes, we have these dreams, we have these desires, and we set our course and we have our plan, and then all of a sudden, God has other plans. And we have a moment of decision. Are we going to trust God's will, or are we going to trust our way? Are we going to trust that God is in control, that he knows what's best for us? Or are we going to wrap our hands tightly around that steering wheel and continue to take control and continue to go our way? That's the question today. When our plans are disrupted, are we going to choose God's will or are we going to choose our way? But what if we we believe that God had something even greater for us up his sleeve? What if we believe that that, that God had something so much better for us if we just trust, if we just take the posture of a servant? This morning, we're going to turn back the clock and we're going to look at the example of Mary. We're going to look at the example of Mary. Mary had something very surprising show up at her doorstep. You see, God will show up. And oftentimes he shows up in unexpected places to unexpected people in unexpected ways. God loves to surprise us. He loves to remind us, hey, don't know if you forgot, I'm in control. <laughs> right? I'm pretty good at what I do. Right? He loves every now and then to release our grasp from the steering wheel and say, hey, let me take control. Let me take the wheel. And that's what he does to Mary. Travel with me a couple thousand years ago to Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 29. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Nazareth. This shoddy podunk in the middle of nowhere village outpost. It was like this halfway stop. You kind of you just cruise right by or, or you made a stop and you didn't stay very long. Nazareth, Nazareth. One of the guys that Jesus recruited to be his disciples, Nathaniel, when he heard that Jesus, the Messiah, had come from Nazareth, Nathaniel said in John 1:46, he said, what good could come from there? Nazareth. But God shows up in unexpected places. That's just what he does. How many of you have ever been in your cubicle at work, in your office space, maybe walking in your neighborhood, maybe on your sports team or in your classroom, just going along in normal kind of daily life and all of a sudden God just shows up through a conversation or through a circumstance when you least expect it. By the way, God shows up outside these four walls. <laughs> he does. He's not just at a certain time at a certain place with certain people. God is moving and God is working and God is showing up everywhere are we showing up, right? Do we have awareness of God's presence wherever we go? Nazareth, a place called Nazareth, unexpected place to a virgin, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. 
How's that for an icebreaker, right? <laughs> Greetings, oh, favorite one. The Lord is with you. Mary, most likely, was 14 years old, this peasant girl from the middle of nowhere. And God shows up through the angel and says, Greetings, oh, favored one. Oh, favored one. What's that mean? The word favor comes from the word grace, which comes from the word charis in Greek. It means unmerited favor. It means undeserving approval. Mary hadn't done anything to deserve this moment, to deserve this encounter with God, the approval, the favor from God. We don't either, right? There's no, there's no inherent value within us that says we deserve forgiveness, we deserve grace. Mary didn't win a beauty pageant. She didn't win a, a popularity contest. She was just there. She was available. And God showed up in an unexpected place to an unexpected person to do an extraordinary thing. What was Mary's response going to be? What was her response going to be? We'll find out. We'll find out. Martin Luther says this, God might have gone to Jerusalem and picked Caiaphas's daughter, who was fair, rich, clad in embroidered gold and attended by a group of maids in waiting. But instead, God preferred to choose a lowly maid from a despised town. Just when you think you've disqualified yourself because of where you're from or because of what you've done, not in God's eyes, not in God's eyes. He doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. And God handpicks each of us to live at a certain place, to work at a certain place, to interact with certain people, to do an extraordinary thing. Are you ready? A 14-year-old peasant girl. An angel said to her, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, Mary. I love that. I love that. Melissa said last week, 365 times throughout the whole scriptures, God reminds his people and he reminds us one day out of every year, do not fear, do not be afraid. Why? Because we can so easily step into our day with anxiety and I don't know, is this going to work out? Is this going to be okay? And the gatekeeper to God's promises in our life is fear. Fear is often that obstacle that stands in the way from, from getting to where God wants us to be. We're here. God promises us something. Fear standing in the way. May we not let fear keep us from the promises and purposes of God in our lives. God says, do not fear. Whatever that obstacle is, whatever that barrier is that you're, that you're encountering in your life, do not fear. Do not fear. I am with you. I can do the impossible. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. There's that word again. You found favor. Don't worry. I know you're just a random person in the middle of nowhere, but not in God's eyes. And behold, there's that word. Strap yourselves in. Watch this. Get ready on the edge of your seat. Behold. Angel says it three times. Behold. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He'll be great, which sounds like an understatement, right? <laughs> He'll be great. He'll be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his, king, king, uh, of his kingdom there will be no end. God shows up 
to, in unexpected places to unexpected people and does, and, and does unexpected things. He shows up in unexpected ways through an angel. Mary had never encountered an angel before. She didn't know what to think. And the angel greeted her with such respect and such honor. She didn't feel like she deserved that. And God, God wants to reveal himself through a human being. Amazing. That God loved us so much that he wasn't, he wasn't content just to remain a guy up in the sky, this distant foreign being. He put on skin and bones and he walked among us and talked among us for 33 years. Why? Because he loved us. God didn't reveal himself through a billboard or a t-shirt or any other medium. He chose to reveal himself through an everyday person, a human being. And he chose Mary as his vehicle. He wants to conceive something inside of each of us. But we got to believe. Are we allowing God to conceive something in us so that he can do something through us? God chose a lowly Mary, a 14-year-old peasant girl. Reggie Joyner, author, speaker, says, expect to see God, but not in the way you expect to see, right? Not the God you expect to see. Expect to see God, but not the God you expect to see. Expect to see God. Before your feet hit the ground each and every day, expect to see God live on the edge of your seat, on the tip of your toes, leaning in. Expect to see God in your life. That childlike, unadulterated, pure excitement and wonder about God and where he's going to be and what he's going to do. I love Christmas time because you can see, see the whole season, see the whole experience through the eyes of young people. And it just reminds each of us to just live each life with that childlike sense of awe and wonder and curiosity. Don't lose that. Don't forget that. Expect to see God, but not the God you expect to see. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? How will this be since I am a virgin? Great question to ask. Good question, Mary. How will this be since I am fill in the blank? Since I am divorced, a single dad, a single mom, how will this be since I'm unemployed? How will this be since I'm not real smart, since I don't have a lot of money, since I'm broke? How will this be because ah, I'm kind of up there in years, or I, I'm pretty young, ah, I'm under-resourced. How will this be because of that thing on my record, or because of that reputation that I have? How will this be, God, since this and this and this. How many of us make, make those excuses? How many of us see God, see ourselves the way God sees us? That changes everything. God's response to Mary. Angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Just when we're thinking about too much, too much about our ability, God reminds us that the Holy Spirit is in us. His power is in us and over us. Holy Spirit will come upon you, Mary, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, behold, there it is again. Your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing 
will be impossible with God. In a message entitled, Expect the Unexpected, (laughs) you have to expect the unexpected. Oftentimes, God interrupts our plans. There's a curveball, and we're in the darkness, and we just got to trust that he's with us. We got to trust that he's going to pick us up off the ground and dust us off and whisper in our ear, I'm with you, and I can do the impossible. I can do the impossible. The next time that you find yourself in a dark place, may you remember that God is with you and he's going before you and he loves you. Mary was in the darkness and she had a choice to choose her way or God's will. Listen to her response. Verse 38. You can go and turn the lights on. There we go. (laughs) And Mary said, behold, behold. She's like, I can say behold too. I'm going to give you a taste of your own medicine, uh, Gabriel. Watch this. I already know who I am, even though there's darkness. I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be. Sorry. Troy, I'll let you sing. Let it be in my hour of darkness, let it be, right? Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Before you're a coach, before you're a teacher, before you're a dad, before you're a mom, before you're a husband, before you're a wife, whatever hat you wear in any given day, before all of those things, you are first and foremost a servant of the Lord. You're a servant of the Lord. That's who you are. That's your identity. Everything flows from there. You're a servant of the Lord. Mary knew who she was. Long before she had this encounter with Gabriel, she knew who she was. And because she knew who she was, she knew what to do. She knew what to do. And with the the ultimate mic drop moment, right, she didn't ask any more questions. She didn't, why, how, where, when. She just trusted. The angel departed from her, and then that was it. That was it. She just walked in that promise. She walked in that reality that God had given her. You see, a servant of the Lord first will be available. Available. Servant of the Lord is available. Availability trumps ability every day. So often we live in the land of Ur. I'm not, if only I could be smarter or faster or richer or younger, right? Enough of all that. Availability trumps ability. You don't have to have all the education and background and skills. God just wants to use available people. People that just open up their hands and say, God, I trust you. I am your servant. Whatever lot uh, comes my way, I'm going to trust you and surrender everything to you. Mary was available. She just said yes. She just showed up and said yes. So much of following Jesus is just showing up and saying yes. Trusting his will over our way. It was a busy season, Christmas got a lot of things on the calendar, a lot of things on our schedule. I just want to encourage you to be still and quiet. Carve out some moments, some space, some margin where you can just listen to God and let him work in your life and just say, God, I'm available to you. If there's somebody in need, I want to help them. If there's somebody I, 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 I need to be generous towards financially, I, I want to help them. 
Be available. Be available to how God might want to use you. You know, there's a, there's a man that I've gotten to know here at Spring Branch. His name's Dave, and recently he lost a loved one, and uh, he had retired not too long ago, and uh, he found himself at a crossroads, and uh, just really encouraged by his example, he said, uh, he said, I want to make myself available to God. I don't want to retreat. I don't want to, I don't want to uh, just kind of go off on my own and wallow in my sorrow. I want to put a stake in the ground and choose to serve. And, and have a ministry of availability. And so he serves uh, students here at Spring Branch. And uh, he also uh, leads a class for men. It's just a really, really encouraging, inspiring example of somebody who could very easily choose his way, but he chooses God's will and chooses to be available to how God might want to use him. Be available, Spring Branch. A servant of the Lord will also believe. A servant of the Lord will believe. Pretty simple. Do you believe in God? I think many of us could say yes. Do you believe in God? If I see your life, if I followed you around, if I stalked you, which would be kind of creepy, um, what, could I tell that you believed in God? The proof's in the pudding. You can tell a good tree by its fruit, right? We believe and then we live. We live what we believe. What we believe is overflows out of us and how we use our treasures, our talents, and our time. Do you believe? Mary believed. You know how we know? It's because she took action. She surrendered. She ran with haste. I love that word. If you read it in the scripture, she ran with haste, full speed ahead to the home of Elizabeth. And before she could congratulate Elizabeth, which is pretty cool that she was so excited for Elizabeth, what humility, thinking of others before yourselves, before she could even say anything, Elizabeth said, Oh, Mary, 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 blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Blessed is she who believed. Mary believed. She took God at his word. We live in a world full of broken promises, don't we? Stop believing in the promises of the world. Start believing in the never-breaking, never-stopping, never-giving-up promises of God in your life. Believe. Believe is about releasing control. It's about radically relinquishing control in your life and just trusting. Just saying, God, I don't know the answers to, to how and when and where and who, but, but I, I, just, I, just, I know that you're good. I know that you never break promises. I know you're going to be with me. And so I just, I release control and I trust you. Let go of expectations and hold on to hope. Release your firm grasp of that steering wheel and just surrender and trust God. Hold on to hope. You see, hope, hope is just saying, you know what, whatever the outcome is, I just trust that God's going to bring something good out of it. You see that? Expectations is all about control. It's all about how successful something may be, how successful the outcome will be. But we're too attached to the outcome and not, atta not as attached to God. Choose hope over expectations. Trust that something good's going to come out of something. And that whatever happens down the road, it's because God knows that it's best. Let go of expectations. Hold on to hope. Trust that God will bring something good out of, out of a situation. Believe. Believe. Tim Keller says this, If you say, 
I believed in God. I trusted in God. But he didn't come through. You only trusted God to meet your agenda. Oof. <laughs> That's convicting. That's convicting. You know, I think I shared before about Lindsay and I and our miscarriages through the years and, uh, and you know, I had, had knee surgeries and, you know, we, 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 cha we, we changed a job a couple times and we found ourselves living in our friend's basement and three or four months went by and there were, has been a number of moments in our journey where, where yeah, we trusted in God, we believed in God and then it didn't work out according to our timetable. And we said, God, I thought we had a deal, you know, that deal, wink, wink, right? Yeah, you know that, that deal? He's like, yeah, yeah, I know, I heard you, but do you trust me? <laughs> do you trust me? You see, we go by our watch, but God goes by his master calendar. He sees the whole picture as the heavenly father. He knows what's best for his kids. He knows what's best. Our love for him is oftentimes conditional, isn't it? Strings attached. But his love for us is unconditional. No matter what we do, no matter what we don't do, he is with us and for us, and he has a perfect plan for our lives. Be available. Believe. And as a servant of the Lord, remember, remember, remember. The entire Old Testament, if you sum it up in one word, it'd be remember, remember, remember. Don't forget, I am the God of Jacob. I'm the God of Israel. Don't forget, I'm part of the Red Sea. I'm the same God, by the way. So in order to know what I'm going to do, just remember what I've already done. <laughs> the prophets throughout the whole Bible, right? They, they could project the future based on what God was telling them, but I think they had a really good memory. Anytime there was a setback, they had a chance to look back and see what God had already done. That's encouraging and challenging to us, isn't it? Write things down. Store up some, think, some, some notes in a box. Some standing stones. Don't forget what God has already done in your life, how he's already provided in your life. Same God moving forward. <laughs> It's scary, I know. God says, do not fear, do not fear. Remember what I've done. You know, I was a student pastor for a long time, and I would always tell kids, hey, here we are on top of this mountain, singing and worshiping God. We're all committing our lives to Jesus, and we're all getting born again, 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 again. <laughs> it's awesome, this mountaintop, it's great. We're all on fire. But you can't live on the mountaintop. If only we could live on top of the mountain all the time, right? And by the way, if you climb a really high mountain, there's not a lot of growth up there. You can gain a better perspective. Not a lot of trees up there. Not, not a lot of shrubs up there and grass. Down in the valley, that's where the growth is, right? That's where the growth is in the valley. Those moments, those curveballs, when our hopes, dreams, and desires, they don't turn out the way we want. We have that choice to choose God's will or our way. That's where growth takes place. When we choose to follow God's will, even though it doesn't feel good, even though it doesn't make sense, that's where the growth is. And we can look temptation in the face and say, I'm going to follow God. That's where the growth is. When we remember, when we remember his faithfulness, when we remember his promises, remember. Mary says this, uh, he has helped his servant Israel, Luke 1, 54, 55, and remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. It's all coming together for Mary now. She was a student. She was a student of, of the scriptures. She knew the God of Israel. And she had this, this moment of realization like, God is selecting me. God is choosing me. Wow. To fulfill his promises for Israel. 
She remembered. She remembered. Luke 2.19, Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. She treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. She was remembering. She was storing up those little moments for later because we all know later there will be obstacles, right? We're either coming out of a storm or in the middle of a storm, about ready to go into one. We've got we to gotta store up those, those God moments. As a parent, it's something Lindsay and I are trying to do more and more of. Uh, uh, yesterday we had a, a few moments where we were pulling out our hair and just like, oh my gosh, parenting. Uh, parenting's for the birds. This isn't for the faint of heart, right? So hard, so hard. But every now and then, God will give us glimpses, these little glimpses of his glory, these little glimpses of just his presence. And it's a beautiful thing. The other day, Lindsay and I are looking across uh, the room at each other, and one of our kids did something really sweet, really generous and kind towards one of our other, uh, uh, one of our other kids. And we just looked at each other from across the room, and Lindsay's eyes were like fluttering like this. <laughs> and she had this little smile on her face. And then she put her hand right here in her heart. It's like, ah, kind of tilted her head a little bit. It was a sweet moment. She was storing up that moment in her heart. She was storing it up. She was treasuring it. She was pondering it. Guys, don't be too much in a hurry. Don't have so much of an agenda where you're going 100 miles an hour from here to there. Stop in those moments and, and just let God's joy soak into your heart and to your, to your inner being. Why? Because there will be a wilderness. There will be a desert. That's just the reality of life. There'll be things that show up on your doorstep that will surprise you and you're like, ah, but you'll have a chance to remember, remember. Over the last few months, we've been remembering these last 25 years as a church, and we're remembering that moment when Michael and Gail sat across the table from each other in their kitchen, and they had this, these hopes, these desires, and these dreams for what a church could look like, a church for people who are far from God. They wanted to leave a legacy behind in their lives. And 25 years later, so many lives have changed, not because of anything they've done, but because of, by everything God has done. They made themselves available, and they believed. God wants us to make ourselves available. Our ability is one thing. He'll, he'll equip us, because we are called to reach the next generation, the next 25 years. What's your legacy look like? How can you be a part of what God is doing here at Spring Branch? You know, one of the things God's doing here at Spring Branch is small groups. Are there people in your lives who can help, help you remember? Do you have remember kind of people in your life? When you're going through a crisis, when you're going through a tough time, do you have people around you who can say, hey, hey, I know it's been tough, I know it's been rough, I'm praying for you. Just don't forget, don't forget, don't be afraid, and don't forget that God's with you. He knows every hair in your head. He's for you. He has a plan. Do you have remember kind of people in your life? When there's a setback, you have a chance to look back and see what God has already done as you move forward. You know, in a room this size, many of us carry all kinds of burdens and weights and just stresses, all kinds of anxiety. You know, this Christmas season, while we say Merry Christmas and Season's greetings and happy holidays, all that kind of stuff. Deep down inside, many of us are hurting, we're lost. Something's happened in 2018, we look back and we're just like, man, 
I had all these hopes, all these dreams, all desires, and they just have gone by the wayside. That's the reality we all live in. But my hope and my prayer for you and for each of us is that we would hold on to hope. We would let go of expectations. That we would take the posture of a servant and be available and believe and remember. That's the bottom line today. Let go of expectations. Hold on to hope. Don't forget what God has done in your life. And have hope to take that next step, no matter how hard it is. There's a prayer I want to pray together. It's this. Dear Lord, I insert your name. I, Clyde. I, Tammy. I, Michael. I, Adele. Insert your name there. Between you and God, I want you to to, to give God one thing. Whatever that is, maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a circumstance. Whatever it looks like, small, medium, large in your life, give it to God right now. I want you to put your hands together really tightly because that's what we're all doing with our lives. We're holding on really, really tight. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to slowly release that firm grasp and just loosen it up and just open your hands and just give to God what you've been holding on to. Let go of your expectations. Hold on to hope be a servant of the Lord and say, let it be to me, God, according to your word. Let it be. Let it be, God. Let's pray. God, you are so good to us. God, we, uh, we ask for forgiveness as we've strayed from you. But God, you're like that shepherd who leaves the 99 to go after the one. Thank you for pursuing us in an unexpected place and unexpected ways. God, you qualify us for a great work. May we make ourselves available. May we believe, take you at your word and say yes. May we choose to serve and not be served. And may we remember what you've done and who you, who you are. We love you. We pray all this in your precious Son, Jesus' name, amen.